to Business in the Front, Party in the Back, Podcast. Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I am Lauren. And welcome to the podcast, which today, Lauren, is brought to you by my business, which is Michelle Uprice, a lightworker. You can find me on Facebook under that uh, exact title. And I am a reader, so I do card readings, oracle cards, angel cards, that sort of thing. Uh, not so much tarot, it's not my thing, but um, that's cool if you're into that. Uh, no judgment here. I also am a medium, so I communicate with past over loved ones and uh, goosebumps. I've got goosebumps. So someone's around, Lauren, someone's around. Uh, not sure who that is, uh, but I'm doing readings today, so it could be someone coming up. Yeah, exciting, hey? We could be uh, maybe doing some channeling. Who knows? Uh, anyway, you never know what's going to happen in this show. Um, so I also do mentorship and I teach Reiki and things like that. I'm a Reiki master, but I am on the Sunshine Coast. So if you're listening to this and you would like to learn Reiki, um, I like to do it face to face. Everyone's different. But uh, yeah, if you're on the sunny coast and you're interested in that sort of thing, Michelle, our price of light worker on Facebook. Perfect. And today's episode was originally called Lost and Found. And, uh, you know, sometimes what happens to me and Michelle when we're going through our episodes is that we actually cover off stories or concepts uh, in previous episodes that we that we actually planned on doing in the future. So Lost and Found was originally going to be an entirely different show. And then what we decided to do is rework the title to Lost and Found. So um, today's episode is actually going to be called Lost and Found. And uh, one of the reasons why we are pivoting to that is because loss is something that everybody deals with. Michelle and I um, have spoken about it numerous times and hopefully this episode won't touch too much about it, but we came together um, working um, or creating this podcast together through a loss. And uh, today we're going to be talking about losses in business, losing people, you know, and essentially ways to, uh, to deal with that and to, uh, move through the loss to be found again. Yes. That's it. Completely agree. Lauren, well said. And uh, it is a process and everyone takes their time, different amounts of time as well to sort of move forward. And that's what we found. We both sort of, um, had our own experiences with that. So it's been a really good journey and I'm very grateful to have done that with you. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. So yeah. I'd love to hear what you've been up to. My sister, haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's, yeah it's been great, actually. Um, I, it's been sort of up and down for me in terms of, I guess, how I'm feeling and, and stuff like that. It has been a bit, uh, bit up and down. Um, as you know, you know, sometimes I have that imposter syndrome and, and stuff like that. And should I really be here? Am I doing the right thing? And I've been learning a lot around that. It's been a really good journey and I feel like I will go through that. You know, I I feel like that's kind of part of my, my journey of, you know, respecting myself saying uh, no, sometimes all those things sort of come up from time to time for me. But it was very interesting this week. I actually, for the first time read for uh, indigenous Australians and uh, which was a very interesting thing for me because I haven't done that before. So I had a a lady come and, and she's an indigenous Australian. So I read for her and then uh, the next day, all of her family came. So her children, her mom, all booked in separate readings. So I read for everyone and the whole family and brought through all different, you know, relatives. And wow. it, was, uh, it was a little goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. It always seems to happen like that. But I, um, it was a little scary because I, I know that there's certain things around, you're not supposed to name relatives who've passed over and and things like that because it's they don't like you to do that you don't want you to name them so 
I was a little worried about whether I was allowed to say names. And what was very interesting was that they, the sister of the woman I was reading for had passed and she immediately acknowledged uh, a little girl. She called the princess, little princess. And so I was like, Oh, little princess, you know, who's little princess. And she goes, Oh, that's Renee. And she said, my sister, that was my sister. Or the little girl was named after my sister. So she didn't say that was her name, but she said the little girl was named after my sister. So it was a way, I guess, of spirit of letting me know rather than just going bang. Cause sometimes they just give me their names like that. She didn't, no one gave me their names. It was more through that sort of thing. So by association, which I thought was really interesting. So uh, it was an experience. And the following week, I had another Indigenous Australian uh, book in with me, which was fantastic. And we had a wonderful time. And it's just something quite new. And I was a little bit nervous about that. So the other um, thing that happened was a lady in Western Australia had a reading with me and she wanted to know about the work she'd be doing and stuff like that. And I just kept getting Indigenous references, Indigenous references and, you know, all this stuff. And she said, yeah, she said, that's exactly what I want to do. And um, she said, I want to work with Indigenous Australians. And I said, well, that's really funny because I've just read for like seven different (laughs) Indigenous Australians and it was like this amazing experience. So I feel like the spirit kind of, for me, puts people in my path that are going to help me at that particular Mm -hmm. time and in that particular moment. So having experience with that and then having a lady sitting in front of me it made a bit more sense based on what I'd learned, you know, in that past week. So I thought that was oh, interesting. really amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. I learned a lot about the culture, the dance, the food, you know, all these different things that are important to them. Banana leaves came up a lot, wrapping food in banana leaves. It was a very, very cool experience. So I'm just super grateful for that. Um, and I also scored a free session with an astrologer. So you and I have something in common now because you had a lady that you interviewed um, an astrologist. So astrologer. Yes. Uh, so on LinkedIn, just randomly, she messaged me and said, Hey, I'm practicing. Do you want like a free connection? And I was like, yeah, who would say no to that? Um, so I did, and it was really cool. And what came up mostly was, I'm not saying no enough still. And what had happened was I've been fully booked, like all through Christmas. I thought I'm definitely having holidays. I'm going to have time off. Didn't happen. So I've been working nine till six, seven at night, every single day, forever. Like I can't remember the last time I had a slow week. I can't remember. So it's been really full on. And she sort of said to me, she could see how tired I looked. And she said, oh, I said to her tomorrow, like, which was Saturday, I said, I'm, I was working 11 till five. And then I had someone sort of really desperately want to book in. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll, um, I was doing park run, but then I was like, I'll, book you guys in during my park run time. It's all good. So I ended up, I was going to be working nine to five on Saturday and I'd already done, you know, nine to six every single day of the week. And I was pretty tired. And, uh, and you love your park run. Yeah. And she said, look, she said, my recommendation based on what I'm seeing here and the way that you operate and the way you work is that you need to figure out what are your priorities? Like, what are you doing this for? What's your, why, what's your, you know, Mm. your reason for doing this. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't really let anyone down and I don't want anyone to be disappointed and la la la. It's the same stuff. And I was just like, Oh, as I was saying it, I'm like, Oh, so I messaged the lady. It's her husband who's coming, but I messaged the lady and I said, Oh, look, can I um, maybe reschedule for Monday? Would that be okay? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. It's no big deal. So that was really good. And then the lady in the afternoon um, came down with a migraine and she rescheduled in the morning. She let me know in the morning, but she said, look, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Can I just reschedule? And I'm like, yeah. And I almost felt like the universe 
you know, back in the day, I reckon I would have been really upset about that and gone, oh, poor me, you know, someone's just rescheduled and I've missed an appointment. But I was like, I felt like it was a reward. I felt like me saying no <laughs> was being rewarded with someone else rescheduling. You know, it's not, yeah. not the end of the world. And so I got an early mark. We went and Jason and I, my husband and I went and had fish and chips with our little dog on the beach um, or fish burgers um, on the beach. And it was really cool. You know, I never get to do anything like that. And I wouldn't have if I was working till five. You never make the time to do things like that. You never yeah, choose no, to prioritize. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if I had to work to nine to five, I made the choice. I made a different decision. I felt like the universe rewarded me for doing that. So that was really cool. And I'm really grateful. And, you know, I'm still working through stuff as we always are. And I found last night, Amazing Grace came on. I was listening to things on YouTube. And I just felt like that was really relevant for today. And I just wrote down the words that really stood out to me. And it was, I was, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And it was sung by Andrea Bocelli, uh, who is blind. Oh, and I just thought that was really, really beautiful. Um, and it really spoke to me because, and I will go into this later in the show, I've just been doing a lot of readings that are in that sort of realm where it is a bit heavier, people are losing, people are suffering. And I've been learning a lot from that experience. So Lauren, what's been going on with you? What's your sort of takeaway? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, there are a lot of people who are people pleasers and, you know, I, I love using that whole concept where you think about the glass and yeah. if you continue to pour it out, it will be empty if you don't replenish. Yeah. And you know, you're sharing your life with Jason. I'm sharing mine with Gavin. It's like, if we're working all the time and we're not cultivating time to spend with, with the, the men that we love, like in a way, what's the point, mm. you know? Mm. So I'm so happy to hear that you had some time and, um, and Gavin, and I did too. Burgers. We had like, and fish burgers. Yum, yeah. Yeah. And we did too. We, um, we actually, I, I told you about the fun list. So we made a fun list a little oh, while. A couple, oh, okay. A couple of weeks ago, we decided that we wanted to bring more fun into our life and do more things. So we each wrote a huge list of things that we want to do for fun. And so, um, one of the things was to do more events locally. That was like one of my things. That's so cool. So I found a, uh, there was like a German, festival happening so we went to that and but then we didn't know we had to pre-book like it said free it never said anything about pre-booking so we went in and we were pumped and there all these people in their outfits and we weren't allowed to stay we actually had to go because we hadn't pre-booked so it was kind of funny because it was a super big letdown to our first yeah, like major wow. fun activity but they let um, you in so you could see how good it was and then they came yeah Wow. Yeah. They're like, you guys can sit outside in the, um, under the fans, like literally outside. It, it, imagine that there's a huge party going on in the house yeah. and then you're just sitting out the the window. by yourself. Yeah. So we, we just thought now nah, we're good. So, I mean, we turned it around, we went and had a nice dinner and we did all that yeah. kind of stuff anyway. It was funny, but it was, it was just like, it was just a funny experience. So I'm um, doing a that. bit of house hunting at the moment, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, just so up in around. Coranda. Are we allowed to uh, Different areas, okay. like lots of different areas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually put an inquiry for a house up there, but they didn't get back to me. So uh, I'm of the mindset that, you know, if it's flowing, then it's working. If it's not, then you got to wait. And what I'm going to be contributing to the conversation today is a lot about divine timing and just accepting things as they are. 
Mm. Um, but before we get into the show, I did want to um, talk to you about the sunbirds. Yeah. So not as other... Lauren, though, before you yeah. get on, because um, the rental market's a very interesting topic at the moment. It's very, very tight and a lot of people are having trouble. Is it really tied up your way? It's impossible to, okay. well, sorry, I shouldn't say that because I don't believe in that for myself, Yeah. but um, people are struggling. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember I was... one time when I lived in Darwin years and years and years ago, there was a huge rental crisis there as well. And uh, people were actually leaving the territory because they didn't have anywhere to live. Yeah. So we, we would like to move from where we are. We love the house we're in, but mm -hmm. we're, we want to change. And mm -hmm. I, uh, we'd like to live more like deeper in the rainforest and where we are. Uh, but we've been looking to rent, but there's nothing that mm -hmm. we want. And um, yeah, there's stacks and stacks and stacks of people. So that's one reason why we're looking at buying as well yeah. at the moment. Uh, yeah, but it's tough out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're listening to this and it's tough for you, just do your visualization, get clear on what you want, get clear and, and clear. you know, ask for help and um, just be patient. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> and uh, like I said earlier, we'll talk about divine timing because for me, that's such a critical thing when we're talking about lost and found. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So sunbird so, update. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're sitting in the house uh, or in the living room the other night, and the lights on outside, and which we normally we turn it off uh, when it's like nighttime because we don't need it, but it was on for whatever reason. So we could see Sunny was like flying from one fan to the next and around and around. And I call our sunbird, the mom, Sunny. Now there's a couple babies in her nest and whatever. So we thought, okay, she might be getting ready to um, like teach them how to fly or something. Like we didn't know. Cause she's kind of like not squawking. That's not the chirping and flying around and doing all this thing. And we could see the nest shaking a lot and moving. And we're like, well, this is really cool. Like that we're that, you know, she's trying to kind of hype them up and stuff like that. So we are going to go to bed because I was watching the nest for ages because I was waiting and wanting to see it all happen. And um, we decide we're going to go to bed because it's late, late at this stage. So we turn off the light outside, but we have the light inside and she comes and she like actually hits the window. Like it was weird. It was, and I don't know why she did that. Not, not hitting the window, um, like to fly into it. It to was almost like, not, yes, it was really bizarre. There's something wrong. So, oh gosh. I hope this is a happy ending, Lauren. <laughs> you know how so, I am with animals. So I, um, I was like, okay, we need to turn the light on. Like I just, but then, you know, we thought, well, maybe she was just startled because there was all of a sudden a light and then no light, but a light in the house. So she might've just been confused about the direction. So that's what I think happened. But we left the light on for ages and then we went to bed and, um, you know, a couple hours later, I went and turned the light off and there was like moonlight and a light from the street. So it wasn't totally pitch black. So got up in the morning and I, Gav had already gone to work and he called me and he said he checked the nest and one of the chicks were dead. So that's and, what was going on. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so, um, wow. but the other one was not. And then when he came home from work, um, later on that night, the other one had died too. Wow. So, so what, what, so sad. what could no have idea. happened? They couldn't get food or. I don't know. I was thinking about like, cause she's always really att attentive, but 
then I thought like maybe it's been raining a lot. So maybe there was a hard time getting food or yeah. So it's just, it was so apropos that we're moving into this lost and found episode. I was like, wow, that's really interesting timing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like it was, I feel really sad by it. I think Mm. I also feel, I feel in a way relieved that I didn't know what was happening with Mm. her initially, that I thought it was something a little more exciting because the nest was moving and stuff. I thought maybe they were going to fly. Like Mm. it was, you know, kind of, I'm really glad I didn't know there was a trauma happening at the time because I would have been unable to do anything. You know, that's the thing about nature. We get to witness it. It doesn't mean we need to go in and try to interfere. I wouldn't even have known what to do either. And I'm a bit afraid of birds. I'm working on that. So, um, yeah, yeah, so it's just really. So that's the grief. That's the grief, the flying around and all that sort of stuff was like. I I guess. Well, one of them would have still been. Well, I yeah. guess would have been dying. Can yeah. yeah. So yeah, wow. It's funny because I remember when we got made redundant. You talked about your grief and how you like had physical reaction to the grief where you cried and you like let it out in a physical way. Like yeah, really, I threw myself right? on the floor in the bathroom on the tiles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Probably and weren't that so clean, but anyway, we won't go there. It's interesting. <laughs> so maybe that was part of her grief was letting that all out and Mm. yeah it's I guess it's just like it's so sad when you think about it and you know that nature you know she's already had four babies since she's been here and Mm. so she's been quite productive yeah there's been a lot of positives out of that yeah right and maybe she'll come back I don't know I was kind of concerned that um there were going to be like lots of like maggots and things in there like I don't know I I did a lot of research on this so sorry Mm. for our listener at home if I'm getting too um gross but yeah it was just so I actually um smudged around the nest and I did um some sage and sweet grass to just try to put some just kind of clear it a little bit Mm -hmm. is she still around the mother or no 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 so she'll probably allow that to sort itself out and then she'll come back I guess you would think that's what would happen, but yeah. I'm not sure how it works or yeah, the, ants, the ants will find them and sort all of that out. There's nothing. Yeah. And then she'll probably come back afterwards maybe. Yeah. You would think, cause I'm sure it's not the first time no. that, yeah. Or yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything yeah. about bird. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it is, it is what it is. It's nature and mm. um, yeah. Life and yeah. death. Very and relevant so, in this episode takes us into this episode nicely very much so yeah it was a really good segue and not happy good but you know what I mean it's uh relevant you know that's that is nature and that's that's what happens uh unfortunately so as I as I sort of alluded to before Lauren Amazing Grace sort of came on before last night when I was in the bath and I was sort of reflecting on things and loss and I deal with a lot of loss in my in my work in my life now and uh and I just wanted to read that again. I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. And it was just so beautifully sung by Andrea uh, Bocelli. And there was another one I found, a version with his son, Matteo, which is just beautiful. And there was a moment, and I just wanted to mention this because it was just really beautiful, where they were singing together. And it wasn't Amazing Grace. It was another song, but they were singing together, Andrea and Matteo. And the, the second Matteo starts to sing, and I don't know if you've heard Matteo um, Bocelli sing, but no. the, the second he starts to sing, because Andrea, uh, you know, is blind, he can't see. So he was sort of playing, they were both playing on pianos and they were facing opposite directions. So they were sort of uh, back to back. 
But as soon as Matteo started to sing, Andrea's face lit up, like lit up. Like I'm talking like unbelievable to the point where everyone was commenting about it. Everyone's just like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. When my child, Can you put a link to that in the show yeah, notes? I would love so to watch beautiful. that. And, that and it just so was goosebumps. It was like tears, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I feel like you like, and I do believe this is sort of a grieving uh, process to, to cry. You know, people come into my readings and they start crying and they're like so embarrassed and they're like apologetic. And it's like, no, like that's releasing resistance. That's the best thing you can do is to cry. And I, I feel like that's really healing, but also laughter, you know, laughter is really powerful as well. So crying and laughing two opposite ends of the spectrum, but you can laugh, cry, which I found out in laughter yoga. You can genuinely release grief by laughing. So uh, putting yourself yeah. in that sort of situation where uh, you're doing I laughter did that yoga before. or something like that. Yeah. I remember when um, I threw my back out and I was hobbling and it was the kind of back um, injury that, if I turned a certain way, I would get this electric shock That's up my so, back yeah. and I could barely breathe. And mm. I remember just walking in the kitchen and I accidentally twinged my back and I went, oh, like I yelled out. And, you know, my partner has no idea because, you know, when it's a back injury, it seems like it's fake. For anybody yeah. that's not, yeah, because they can't experience see it. It's not like a broken arm yeah. that you can see, or yeah. yeah, exactly. And so he's like, "What's happening here?" And then I started laughing because I was in so much pain. And then I was aware of how ridiculous I looked because I was like going, "Ha!" Huh! You know, like stuff like that out lady. of nowhere, hobbling all late. So then I started laughing so hard, and then I was crying because it hurt so much. Oh and my it was lord! Like, you got everything going on there. Girlfriend. And the then Gab's looking at me and he was so confused. He's like, what's happening? Are you happy or are you? <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. It was I so funny, but also ridiculously painful. Anyway, that just yeah. made me think of that. <laughs> That's great. And it is a whole range of emotions. You can't, sometimes you can't control it. Sometimes you can't control it. Um, no, that's fantastic. Very good example. Uh, so, you know, what I was going to say there is, is that was amazing just seeing that, that look on his face, but also when something seems like a big loss, so, you know, end of relationships, I deal with a lot of this stuff, I guess, in my work, losing your home, uh, losing your job, which we've been through uh, a trip overseas, you know, when you sort of were planning to go overseas and then all of a sudden everything's been canceled and the rug's been pulled out from underneath you and you're like, Oh my God, you know, what's going to happen. It's like, what can we do with that? And I had a lady here the other day uh, who's a friend of Well, I've known her for a while. She's had a, quite a few readings with me and she did some of my circles and things in 2019. And she's had two readings with me. And it was very interesting because the first reading, I made a lot of recommendations. There's a lot of things that came up. And yeah, this is about a year apart. So it's a long time. I don't remember the last time I, you know, what I said to her, but what had come out up at that time. And I think it was just leading into COVID. And I said something about the Bali trip and I was talking a lot about Bali and it may not go ahead and all this sort of stuff, but not to worry about it. And then uh, I also spoke a bit about her work and what she should be doing and rah, rah, rah. And anyway, she comes back almost a year later and she went and got this job that she really hates. <laughs> and I talked about Bali again and I was like, I'm in Bali. I'm, I'm in Bali. I'm in Bali. I'm looking spiritual. So anyway, I'd forgotten about everything I said a year ago because I've read, you know, for a lot of people in between then. And she goes, wow. She said, pretty much everything you said about the work I should be doing 
and about Bali is exactly what you said to me about 12 months ago. And I said, well, what from 12 months ago did you actually follow through with and, and take on board and do? And she said, oh, well, nothing because I was too scared. And I was like, wow. And they, they had to cancel the Bali trip and she was devastated. And, you know, I said to her, Bali is still there. Bali's not gone. You know, it's still there. So when the time comes, you will go to Bali. I am seeing you going to Bali. So there's nothing to worry about. And with the job, we've talked again and pretty much everything I'd said previously was the same. So we've talked again and, and now you know what you're supposed to be doing or, you know, would ideally be doing. So it really is about the work. You know, I feel like it's the work, you know, if you lose something, it's like, what am I finding in, in place of that? You know, I want people to be passionate. I wanted her to be passionate. She came in and she was a bit of a flat line and I was like, well, that's not fun. We want you to be passionate. Yeah. So it is about doing the work, listening to people like myself or people in this line of work. When they give you recommendation, it's important to kind of follow through with that, you know, put yourself out of the comfort zone because otherwise you get a big kick in the pants and then you find yourself unemployed like we were. So there's always a silver lining and I feel like it's important to kind of look at that. And for us, you know, and you did allude to it before and I won't go into it in huge detail, but in that moment, and everyone's different, but I remember saying to a lot of people in that moment, I was sitting there listening to the gentleman who was delivering the news and about my redundancy. And I was like in shock, but at the same time, I was like, this is a blessing. Whatever happens moving forward, this is a blessing. And I realized it in the moment. And a lot of people don't believe me. A lot of people are like, no, no, no. I realized it in the moment too. Yeah. You should be bitter. You should be angry. You should be this and that. And I was like, no, I walked out and I was like, there's something better. I don't know what it is, but there's got to be something better because why, why else would I be in the situation if there wasn't? Yeah. So I think yeah. it, it takes different amounts of time for everyone. But for me, it was in the moment and I really, uh, really got that. And I was, it was a very present moment for me. I could put myself back in that room. I know exactly where I was sitting, who was around me. Around me and I just was very, very present. It was one of those uh, pivotal moments for me. So I was really present too. And it's funny because I knew that it was meant to be, it was divinely ordered. And I'm going to talk about divinely ordered shortly, but you know, before that, I guess I just want to echo that uh, I recently recorded an episode on the Ra Ra podcast all about goal setting and habits. I think sometimes, Michelle, like people, they are given nuggets of wisdom, you know, from people like yourself, and they don't always think about how they're going to get there, how they're going to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, if people are curious, they can go listen to that episode because it really talks about you know, little taking small action steps, because if that woman had wanted to do the things that you were talking about, Mm. if she had taken one small little step towards that dream, it might've unfurled confidence and courage and all these other things might happen. But from her complete and total inaction, nothing changed. So I just wanted to throw that out there Mm because I thought that was really important that sometimes you can do a small little step and it will change the whole big picture. Um, but if you do nothing, nothing will change. Yeah. I mean, I could have, I could have just applied for real jobs, real jobs in inverted commas, or I could have just taken a risk and done some readings and done some healings and see what happened and did a Facebook live and, you know, everything changed, but I did have to do the work. I did have to take the action. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the thing too, that I want to talk about with loss and found is that Number one, I want to say that I've been very fortunate in my life that I have not experienced a lot of loss. So I just want to get that out there because Michelle works in this every single day. I'm not able to necessarily relate 
to the subject in the same way necessarily as Michelle is because she's dealing with grief every day. Mm. Uh, that being said, doesn't mean that I haven't experienced my fair share of loss in other ways and disappointments and things like that. I think that we can often put loss and disappointment in a similar category as well. And, um, you know, obviously with COVID, um, not being able to see my family and, um, I had, we had a trip planned in New York and all these sort of things. So there was definitely has been a lot of loss in relation to that. Um, but one thing I do want to say is that, you know, I believe that sometimes when we want something to be a certain way, or we're really just focused on where we want to go or, or what our plan is that we need to be aware that sometimes we don't see the bigger picture <laughs> and you and I, you know, are spiritual, you know, in mind. And so if this isn't something that rings true to you, that's fine. Just put it through your own filter or not. But for my, my truth is that I know that there's always something wonderful coming for me. And sometimes I think I know best, but it's not always the case necessarily. So one thing that I will, I'll just share a little story. I don't know if I told you this, Michelle, already. Um, hopefully it's new to you, but maybe not. So back in 2000 and I want to say around 2003, 2004, I had saved up at the time, like around eight grand, and I was going on a trip to Australia. I was going to get a working holiday visa. I was going to go to Australia. I was telling everybody about it for months and months and, and months. And you're in months. Canada at this point? I was in Canada at this yeah. stage. That's correct. So I'm sitting there, and I remember I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm only a month or two out of going to Australia, My the time that I had given myself that I was leaving. And I could not bring myself to book my ticket. I just kept putting it off, putting it off. And I remember thinking to myself, why am I putting this off? <laughs> I've been telling everyone for ages. And I got very clear and I realized it's because when I went to us, it's so funny, Michelle, I just knew this intuitive feeling, right? I'm like, when I go to Australia, I just know that I'm going there for a long time. And I'm not ready yet. And I remember having that kind of aha moment. And, mm. you know, there's that feeling of loss with, you know, the plan is now changing. But with the plan now changing, there was a new opportunity that was to present itself, right? And I remember thinking, okay, well, if I'm not going to go there, then where am I going to go? So I thought about where they're really hot accents. And I really like Scottish accents. So I thought I'll go to Scotland. So I booked a ticket to Scotland. I got a working holiday visa for the UK and I went to Scotland. Around a year into my trip there, I ended up working in a small little inn in the middle of England. And the way that I got there was a crazy story on its own. And I won't go into it because we don't have time today, but it was just divinely ordered. And I met my partner and I um, met him and, you know, we had a little bit of a love affair for a few months. And then we both went our separate ways for six and a half years. And then we got back together and he's Australian and the rest of the story unfolds where I then ended up coming to Australia and, um, he's my, my partner and that's who I'm with now. So 
it's just, that was an incredible story. And I guess it's just my way. And there was a lot of heartache and pain in that and a lot of loss and six Mm. and a half years of separation Mm. when I knew it was my soulmate and all that. But at the same time, all these things needed to sort of happen for things to work out the way that they did, you know? And I think that um, for me, whenever I've looked back on my life and I've seen, um, things that didn't work out the way that I thought they would, or I've, I've experienced loss and I always find myself again. And I always see hindsight's 2020. I know they always say that, but I always see why that didn't work out the way that it did. It's because there was something better waiting for me. And so I know that I'm dealing with loss in a way that I was able to recover and all these wonderful things happen. It doesn't mean it wasn't a painful journey and it doesn't mean it wasn't tough. But I do believe that there is always beauty around the corner if we're willing to look for it and to process our feelings and our emotions at times of loss so that we're able to be fully open to embrace that. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's powerful. That is powerful. It's um, really funny, actually, because I saw you put into the show notes, you added that Scottish, you know, mess- mention in. We have uh, show notes that Lauren and I sort of read off. And it's very interesting because before I came down here to record this episode, we record this in the morning, I had had a dream or I was sort of more of I was awake and I just had this script sort of unfold in front of me and, and I'm a bit of a dreamer. I have premonitions. And so I had this script unfold in front of me and it was Scottish. It was a Scottish script. So it's very interesting because there was no relevance to that from anything else that I've done. And now you've mentioned this Scottish trip. And what was really interesting was I couldn't remember all of the words and I don't know that I've got them all correct, but Ark was there. And I mean, obviously hear Ark a lot, but Ark is actually expressing sorrow, pain or weariness, which I didn't know. So it's like an expression of, of sorrow. You know, it's like Ark, like that sort of thing. I guess um, lick name was there and that means solitary lock and lock name were there. And that means laughter or laughing. So it's funny because we were talking about laughter yoga and different things that you can do to kind of release sorrow and grief. The sorrow and the laughter is here. And then you've mentioned Scotland and I'm like, I might just read that out now. (laughs) It was on a script. It was literally unrolled. It looked very, very old and all the words were there. And I was just trying to pick out the big words that I could kind of remember and then look up and see what they meant. So I just thought that was relevant maybe to mention now because of your story. Um, Maybe that's why I saw that. Scotland has always for me been like my home Mm. away from home. It's It's very spiritual. I mean, I've never been there, but you know, it feels very spiritual. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's interesting. I just thought I'd mention that at that moment. That is interesting. So one of the things, I guess, that we saw during 2020, and there's been a lot of references. I mean, I've had a lot of people come to me and want to not look ahead for 2021. They don't want to know about 2020. But one of the things that I really liked about 2020 is that I, it's been very good for me. I've built up my business and I'm very happy doing what I do and being able to see the people I see. But it also, I think, forced a lot of people to diversify, you know, to get through And it's a little bit like the lady I was talking about before with, you know, some people, they hear the message and then they're still a little bit fearful, which is totally okay. That's, you know, everyone takes it at their own pace. Uh, But I do think that some businesses were like, wow, this is uh, business owners, you know, it's your life and death. It's your bread and butter. So you kind of have to do something different. And I remember seeing a lot of businesses really trying to benefit from 
um, COVID. And so the little coffee shop down the road, they used to just be open during the day and just till about two or three in the afternoon and just doing sort of regular little coffees and snacky things. And then what they decided to do during COVID was actually, once they were allowed to reopen, they started doing Friday and Saturday night pizza nights, burger nights, you know, all this sort of stuff because there wasn't a lot of other, there's not many places down here where you can get actual dinner stuff. It's more like sushi and all that stuff. So they started to diversify and they started doing these burger and pizza nights and they were like selling out. Like they had to call in extra staff, like people really wanted this. Had they, had COVID not happened, they wouldn't have ever done that. Definitely wouldn't have done it. So it ended up being like such a blessing for them, for them. And I think a lot of businesses were doing that where they were putting together like little packages of food for either the homeless or for school lunches or, you know, prepackaged meals like you foods type stuff, you know, that oh, yeah. were doing before. So it ends, ends up becoming a whole nother earning, uh, another arm, you know, of their business where they can earn, they've got more earning power. So I feel like there was so many positives that came out of maybe what seemed like a loss of having to close for a certain period of time that ended up being uh, super positive for them and, and another um, income stream. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, just wanted to give that as an example, I guess. And with me doing a lot of uh, business readings and, and things, I've got a few, uh, few examples, but I thought the one down the road was great. Really good, good I think that's so good. And, and I think that it's a really obvious example that, you know, when there's a loss, regardless of the loss, and when we're dealing with people, Michelle, you'd be able to speak more on that than myself because I haven't had a lot of that loss in my life. Um, thank God. But, um, you know, you get to choose how you react to these things. You get to choose, you know, whether or not you grieve for a long time and you rise above and you find ways of coping and getting through or you you don't. And I remember I was watching this show on Netflix. It's a basketball show. I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's like a TV show of kids that are going to play basketball at some school. And there's, and they're kind of, some of them are troubled kids. And one of the teachers, um, one of the kid had suffered a loss of some kind. I don't know what it was. I can't remember, but she said, give yourself an hour to grieve that. And then let's get into the job at hand. And I, I loved that. I thought that was just wonderful. And, you know, maybe that's not going to be a realistic thing for everybody where they go, I'm going to give myself an hour. I'm going to give myself a month or I'm going to give myself, you know, whatever period. And then I'm going to be over it. Well, that might not happen because sometimes grief doesn't work like that. It's not linear, you know, something from 20 years ago can happen and we can remind ourselves of a loss and we can feel that again. So that's very real. However, I remember when I got made redundant, I gave myself a couple days there to just feel sad. And even though I knew in the back of my mind and I never doubted that it was meant to happen that way, I still allowed myself that time to just feel sad, which was totally warranted and fine. And then it allowed me to go, all right, now what am I going to do and put myself in that position of power? And like you were talking about with um, the business owners down the street, I've seen a lot of examples of business people. One example was uh, my yoga teacher. Uh, she called, she called me and she said, I've got to shut my studio down. I don't know what to do. And I encouraged her to start a Facebook group and um, to do lives in there. And then people started paying her and her studio has reopened now, but she's still running this Facebook group membership on the side. And she's got over 200 people in there. 
So it is really, really cool. And there are a lot of examples like that. And I've seen a lot of people rise to the occasion. And it doesn't mean that if you know somebody or you're somebody listening who wasn't able to figure out a way of pivoting their business model that there's anything to be ashamed about, there's not. You know, it's there's a chance that there's a different path for you potentially. Just, you know, think about that. Think about it in that way. But one thing that I will say as well is that when there's a loss and you're able to grow out of it, it gives you this feeling of like resilience. And in for many people, I'm sure it also re-inspired and reinvigorated, you know, maybe their connection to their business. And then the other thing that I want to say about that is that, you know, recently I pivoted the Raw Raw Spirit team because I had this amazing Facebook group and I had um, all these incredible resources that I was providing and stuff like that. And then I became really clear with myself and I realized that I didn't think it was serving the purpose that I had intended. And I thought that it was actually potentially overwhelming people with the amount of information that was there for them. And that I wanted to pivot instead and niche down to give a better product, a better service and more one-on-one mentoring, um, clear paths for these people as opposed to go find your own way kind of concept. And I will admit, Michelle, that I felt sad about that. I felt sad that I was closing the group because I really loved everything I was doing in there. And I just know how amazing and special it was. But at the same time, I had to be realistic about the fact that it wasn't doing what I set out to do. And so I needed to tweak that. And so I'm about to wrap up my rant and let you talk. But one thing I will say is that not everything that we do in business and not everything that we do in life is like yielding a good return on investment or is making us feel good or, you know what I mean? Sometimes we need to take a step back. We need to reassess. We need to adjust. There may be some loss within that, but within loss, there is always that growth and there's always that, you know, kind of that new path and that that new journey that unfurls if you're just willing to take that one step. And one last thing I will say just on this rant, because it just came to me was that I did a, I pulled a fairy card the other day and it basically said, make a decision. What do you want? And I thought that was so funny and so apropos because I've been like lottie dotting for so long about where I want to live next. I want to live here. 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 It's very difficult for the universe to bring about anything if you're not clear on what you want. (laughs) So also just being really intentional is also key. Yeah. Uh, And you got to be clear. You got to be clear. Yeah. Otherwise you get la-di-da back and you're like, what is this? What is this? Um, I'm in the same place I was five months ago. Wait a minute. Why? Oh, wait. What I want. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, One of the things that just triggered when you were talking there, Lauren, as well as I put a post up yesterday about Everest or last night about Everest. And it was something along the lines of, you know, you're learning the most when you're sort of some like climbing, like when you're going on your journey up to the peak, you know, up to Everest's top, you're learning the most when you're sort of stumbling and falling and someone picks you up and all of that. And, and it took me back to sort of Kokoda where we had a little team of four and we we're doing mini Kokoda and, you know, one of us would have a down moment, someone else would be there to pick us up. And, and it went around the whole group. Everyone had a down moment at some point. And it was just interesting because I was thinking about that while you were talking, when you get to the peak, it's great realistically you can only spend about 20 seconds there and then you have to get back down and then you have to go through that journey again. 
So it just reminded me of what you were saying where, you know, we all have a different process with grief and stuff like that. And there's, you know, there's seven steps of grief and all of that. But really I'm learning a lot when I'm climbing, when I'm doing the climbing process, as opposed to when I'm just standing there for 20 seconds, admiring, you know, what I've achieved. And then I've got to go back down and try and, you know, process that as well. So I think that it is about that sort of journey and, and what we're doing rather than just being at the the top, you know, the success, you know, that's what we're trying to work towards. So yeah, I just felt like that was really the journey is where we grow, isn't it, Michelle? Yeah, the journey absolutely. is where we learn. It's not what we're lying on the deck here in Bali. It's it's the journey to get there, yeah. you know. And yeah. and how much is this lady going to appreciate getting there when she's had to cancel it and wait and cancel it and wait and you know all those delays? They're really going to appreciate it when they get there, and that's the peak. That is the peak. And something I realized last night because I did a lot of processing. I've been, I guess, doing a lot of very heavy readings and and that sort of thing. It's been pretty full on. And I guess I, I sort of take on bits and I process bits during the reading, but I still hold on to some of the things I see are very, very sad. I see a lot of death. And yesterday, I think I was going through a process of trying to kind of release that. And, and so I, that's why I was listening to Amazing Grace and a few other things, because sometimes we can listen to certain kinds of music that may make us sad and want to cry. And then we can sort of process some of that and try and cry it out. And had this kind of realization this morning when after I saw that Scottish script or whatever it was sort of unravel is that I feel like I'm sort of leveling up again and it's very painful. Like it, it actually feels like physical pain to me. So, but I feel like I am sort of maybe leveling up, raising my awareness, something which I guess will reflect in the kinds of readings that I'm getting, the kinds of bookings that I have, but saying no, I think is a big part of that as well. So I feel like that's a really big lesson and it's different for everyone, but I feel like because I'm sort of going through this myself, I feel like I'm sort of processing some sort of grief, loss, something in myself that I can then help other people a little bit more. Like I, sometimes it's hard to know what to say or how to react when people are super emotional. So I feel like maybe I can provide a little bit more insight and, you know, it is all about sort of divine timing. Now I did have a lady, it was, um, it was quite funny. She sort of, came in and she said, well, look, you know, I feel like my dad's been leaving a lot of signs and, you know, signs from heaven are something that I deal with a, a bit. But she said, I just want to know if they're his signs or not. And I said, okay. And I was dealing cards and I went, uh, Claire audience came out, which is, you know, the hearing. And so I said, well, this is around music. And I said, I'm tuning in the radio, tuning in the radio like this, you know, something on the radio. And she went, oh my God. And um, she said, ACDC Thunderstruck came on, which is her dad's favorite song. Because I've been talking about the high, you know, cardio sort of exercise she'd been doing, which turned out to be a 45. But I was like, there's real high cardio going on. And she's like, yeah, I'm turning over a, a new leaf in terms of health. And they played her dad's favorite song at the end. And then it was, it was track number 13, which was actually her dad's birthday. And then she got in the car and his other favorite song came on the radio. And so I'm like all about audience, you know, listening, da, 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 da. And she's like, oh my God, it was him. It was him. So, and number 13 came out on her cards a few times as well. So I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, and the other thing with music is I think music is very healing and that's what I was using for myself last night, but it wasn't intentional. It was just, I felt like I needed to play, you know, that kind of song, that kind of music. But this week I've also been reading for people with dementia. So Michelle, I just before you get into yeah. that, can I just comment on the music thing? Yeah. So oh, this is still about um, music. I'm still talking about music. 
Oh, sorry. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a lady who came to read, uh, have a reading her. I didn't know, but both the parents have dementia, but it all came out during the reading. It was really, it was quite incredible. Actually. She, um, yeah, I was like, wow, this is incredible. But both her parents have dementia. She's brought them into the home and there was a bunch of things coming up around that. I didn't know any of that, but obviously, you know, someone presented themselves to me to let me know. Now, what was really interesting, Lauren, is her mum is still alive, but she has very, very, very severe dementia. I did pass lives with this lady. And um, what came out was a woman lying in hospital in a vegetative state. And the client that I was reading for, she was standing there as a medical professional and she was like assessing the situation going, I don't think that's a quality of life. I don't feel like that's a quality of life. This is not, not good. And the woman yeah. had like a, I think it was like an iron lung where that thing breathes for you and everything. So she was really just oh, a vegetable. Yep. And she was having a debate with herself in her head. And I'm telling her all of this and she's like, huh, okay, that's interesting. And then it came out, this woman presents herself to me and she was dressed in a school uniform. And I, I described her head to toe. I'm like, she's right here, like in between us, right here. And she looked like this, this, this. And she went, oh my God, that's my mum." And I said, is your mum passed? And she said, grandma had a similar photo as well. And she goes, no, she hasn't. And I'm like, that's weird. Because normally if someone's alive, you don't see them. And then she goes, you know how you were talking about that lady in bed before? She goes, that's my mum. Mum has like severe, severe, severe dementia. So she's presented herself in her school uniform because they go back. They always go back in time. Yeah. So it kind of made sense. And I was like, okay. And with dementia, you do come and go. Like you do go into the spirit world and you come back. So her mum ended up, I did a reading with her mum. Her grandma was here as well, but I actually did a reading communicating with her mom. And I said, why aren't you going? Because she wanted to know, why aren't you going? And she said, I'm clawing back because he's not ready yet. And it was talking about her dad. She'd already acknowledged the father. Dad has dementia too. So she's got both of her parents in the, in the house with her. Dad has dementia, but he's not quite at the same stage yet as mum is. So mum is clawing on, hanging on because she wants him to go. They want to go at the same time. So it was, it was amazing. But the woman who's looking after her mum and dad said that every time I play particular music to mum, she, even though she's kind of like in a vegetable, vegetative state, she will start singing. She starts mouthing the words and you can hear her voice, even though she can't communicate in any other way. They put music on and she is singing and she's saying the words amazing. and everything. So that's, that's just what I wanted to say with the music, because I feel like it's really really important and it does access a part of the being you know where it kind of brings them back from from you know they could be off anywhere you know but um it was a very interesting reading anyway you want to say something about the music well i just wanted to say that i did a that was really interesting and i have heard that before with dementia patients that yeah. they do recall that um yeah i did a really interesting I had an episode on the afterlight with a woman named Bianca and she is a into sound healing. So she's got like crystal bowls and everything like that. And she, there's an isolated track of her just doing a sound healing. But why I'm bringing it up is because in that episode, she told me about the, she explained about the power of lyrics. And she said, very often people listen to music and they're not paying attention to the lyrics. And I remember I grew up in a house where my mom is obsessed with music. Like even now, if you wanted to ask her a question, she would just, about music, she would rat, like it was just, she is a musician through and through. It's just an insane passion. I would come home from school 
and you know, you've had like a long day and she would have some song blasting and she'd be like, now I need you to sit on the couch and like read the lyrics. <laughs> so I always understood about the power of lyrics and it was anything, you know, um, from they're really in a progressive rock, but then anything like Beatles and then opera, like everything. She loves everything. It's really really great but she always explained to me about lyrics and songs and you know we'd be listening to a song and I that I would really like and she would go she would pick up on the lyrics that I had never been paying attention to like the story of the song or the content this is where I'm going with this is that Bianca reminded me or told me that when you're listening to songs with lyrics lyrics are like those affirmations and I remember thinking what which is so obvious but mm. It really made me go, okay, so sometimes I really love listening to sad music and some sad music just is really freaking sad. And if you mm -hmm. listen to a sad song that you really love 10 times, are you not putting an affirmation in there as well? Like somewhere deep in your brain, right? And so I just kind of became aware about that. And so I've actually started to try to listen to less sad music and more happy, which I do like to listen to happy music anyway. Um, but there's one song, I don't know if you listened to it yet, Michelle, but I sent you this amazing song. It's uh, got a hip hop song and um, it's by a guy, His um, the artist is named Stormzy. And you I'll sent put me the lyrics, in yeah, as well. Did you listen to this song? No, I haven't listened to it, but you sent me the lyrics and I had to read through. But okay, listen to the song, Michelle, because I've been, they've been telling me to send that to you like okay. a few times. All right. So, um, yeah. So anyway, the whole point of this story, though, is that in that song, he basically says about how, you know, he wasn't worthy, but God found him and saved him anyway. And mm. oh, it was just, it's so powerful. And anytime I'm singing it, when the part comes up, I'm not worthy, I always change it. And I always say, I'm worthy instead, even yeah. though I know that it's the lyrics are, I'm not worthy because I guess I just wanted to put that positive affirmation in my head. Um, and that song for our listener at home, if uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's called blinded by your grace. And it's just, you know, it's just total goosebumps, amazing, amazing, um, song. So I just want to reiterate the power of lyrics and the power of music. Um, mm, that grace word is beautiful too. I love grace as a word. That's my, that's my word too. Yeah. Lauren Grace, my name. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Just before we get into tools to improve your life, I just wanted to comment on um, a couple more things in relation to loss. So uh, Eckhart Tolle, you know, my main man, mm -hmm. he talks a lot about this. So um, I would really recommend um, that if you haven't already, you check out his books, A New Earth or The Power of Now. And also he did a whole series with Oprah called The New Earth. It's where you, you can get it, where you get your podcast. It's from 2008. It's amazing. Anyway, he basically talks about how our thoughts are actually a big cause about us not dealing with loss um, because our thoughts want things to be different than they are. And that is a really major thing, you know? we need to understand that we need to accept things as they are, not as we wish they were. <laughs> and when we're talking about loss and we're talking about being found again, it's really critical that we are aware that when we suffer, we suffer because we want things to be other than they are. 
And I'm pretty sure that anybody at home listening, yes, will understand that that is true. I just want my job back. I just want that person back. I just want that situation again. I want that relationship, et cetera, et cetera. It's control, isn't it? You can't uh, control everything. You can't, and you need to accept that it is what it is. And if you cannot change it, you need to accept it, you know, and that's so key. So I think Eckhart talks about, um, you know, he basically says that accept it as if you have chosen it. And if, when we don't accept things as though we have chosen them, that's when we suffer. And so, you know, yeah, I'll put a little bit, I'll put a link to um, uh, one of his conversations on YouTube about that as well, so that people are able to have a listen to um, him talking about accepting this moment as if you had chosen it, Um, which I think that when you accept Michelle, it just, life becomes a lot easier. It is what it is. And now we can move on. How, how am I going to move forward? Yeah, that is so powerful. I love that. Accept it as though you've chosen it. I've written that down yeah. in my little uh, notepad here. And yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. That's one of those aha moments, Oprah would say. Definitely. Now, tools to improve your life, Lauren, the key to realizing all of this is, uh, and I'm talking about blessings and things like that. And I guess the biggest moment for me has been the redundancy. Um, so not to go into detail about that, but it really is about sort of realizing it's a blessing so that you can welcome the new and whatever that might be. The passing of a loved one, I guess, is more to do with the grieving process, which we've sort of alluded to. But what I've learned is loved ones do want us to continue our lives. Now, what was kind of difficult or challenging for me this week was I had a lady who had lost her mum and then she had been diagnosed with cancer. So she had cared for her mum. She was in her 90s and she cared for her mum for many years. And she kept looking forward to, not looking forward to, but she was sort of looking forward to getting her life back in a way. And it sounds terrible, but, you know, she was looking forward to be able to do something beyond this. You know, I hope that comes out correctly. And her mum passed and she thought, okay, you know, mum has passed. And I guess going through that process, you know, you sort of come to terms with what's happening because it went on for a few years. And then she had decided that she wanted to really go out and do all these things and live a life. And she put a lot of things on hold to do this caring. And then she got diagnosed with cancer. So she had come to me before she got the prognosis. So she's got the diagnosis, not the prognosis at this point. She just had a scan, was waiting for the result. And she was really, really sad, as you can imagine. And she wanted to kind of know at the end of all of the reading and everything that her mum said, because her mum came through and we had a really long chat. And at the end of all of that, she wanted to know, uh, like, basically, how long have I got kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, I've done a lot of readings for people who are on the way out and uh, not directly, but, you know, relatives and things they want to know, like, how long has this person got? And I said, your mum's not here to collect you. She's not giving me any indication here that she's here to pick you up. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll be reaching out saying I'm here and ready to get you, la, la, la. Your mum's not doing that. And when I said that to her, she said, well, I don't know if I want to live. I don't know if I want to fight. You know, I don't know if I've got that in me. And what had been coming up a lot during the reading was that she had to find her tribe. So the information her mum was giving me was very specific around you need to reach out you know, cause she said, Oh, look, you know, I take care of everyone and then it doesn't happen for me. And I've heard that a lot. 
And I was like, well, when, when it, have you reached out? When have you asked, you know, put your hand up and said, hey, I need help. I can't do this. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's just easier for me to do it. And I'm like, well, there you go. So I said, look, mum's talking about the tribe. You know, you need to reach out. You need to ask for help. You know, put it out there. Be vulnerable was something that came up. Now, this lady listened to everything I said. And I was very worried about her because that's a pretty big statement, you know, to make because I don't know if I want to do this, you know. So she went away and then she messaged me that night, I think it was. And she said, I just wanted to say thank you. And she said, speaking to my mum has changed everything. And she said, I listened to what you said about the tribe and reaching out and so on and so forth. And she said, I found a really great group on Facebook and I put a post in there introducing myself and just said, look, you know, this is what's happened. I'm really struggling. Don't know what to do, but I just wanted to put my hand up. And she said, all these people reached out, all these people reached out. And she said, now I found my tribe and I will never be the same. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, so life-changing moving everything because she did it you know she didn't have to she could have just kept going along you know doing everything she was doing but she heard what I said she did it she put it out there and she did was that like, small step yeah that's it and and people reached out and said we've got you back we've got you you know and that is um that is life-changing like I just found that whole moment just incredible because I was really worried about her and the other thing that I found that was really interesting and I, you know, will check in on her and, and from time to time. But apart from that, I was sort of looking online and it is interesting, Lauren, because, you know, we do, I do deal with death a lot. There are people in different parts of the world where death is something to be kind of honoured and really respected and there's big, you know, ceremonies and all this stuff and it goes on for ages and it's very different to us. We kind of do the funeral and then everyone kind of moves on and gets on with their life. You know, it's very kind of bang, 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 bang. This is what you do. Now, I found something about these things called um, death cafes and they're in 73 different countries. I've never heard of one or been to one or anything like that, but it actually takes um, people, you know, who are going through this process to a cafe or a living room cemetery. And then they've also now gone online. So you can actually do virtual sort of meeting spaces. And this is, it's not a funeral. It's actually just discussing things like um, dying loved ones. You know, if you're going through the process this lady was going through, she was doing all of that on her own. You know, she didn't have like a lot of family coming and stepping up and stuff like that. So she was going through all of that on her own and had no one to talk to about it. And your average friends probably, you know, it's a lot for them to have to hear from you, you know, if you're just talking to people who aren't going through the process. So this is a way for people who are going through that sort of process to actually talk about it, you know, and, and the people get it, the other people who are there get it because they're going through it as well. So it's uh, dying loved ones, you know, funeral planning. Um, how do we go through the process of that? What really happens in a crematorium? Just anything you want to ask. These are all people who are going through the same kind of process and are interested in discussing that, talking about it, getting it out. And it's people you don't know. So a lot of the time it's just random, whoever has jumped in at the same time as you. And you get to talk to different people, meet different people. I feel like everything is about, you know, comfort and, you know, sometimes with people that, you know, it's harder to talk about that sort of thing. So I felt like this was a really good uh, idea that I hadn't actually heard about before. And it's, uh, it maybe gives you the courage to speak up more if you don't know the people. So, and it just gets us used to kind of talking about death because we aren't we aren't that comfortable um dealing with uh death and loss and but the thing is on the other side of that is we discovered with um the lady that i was reading for and her mum that came through 
is that now she's found her people, she's found her tribe. And had she not had that push and shove, maybe she wouldn't have done that, you know, and then she would have gone maybe on the cancer battle on her own as well, you know, not spoken wow. about that either. So yeah, I find all of this very powerful, but um, those death cafes, an interesting one. And uh, I will put the link to that in the uh, show notes because I feel like maybe a lot of people can sort of benefit from that. It does sound very morbid, but I feel like, you know, sometimes we do have to talk about these things and kids ask about it. I mean, you've got kids that are like, how do I die? What happens when we die? What happens when my little well, bird We're all going to die one day. Yeah, and kids, kids ask about it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. We're mortal. We're mortal. So I just thought that was a, a really cool, um, yeah, a really cool thing. So death cafes, there you go. Um, I've got a tool to improve your life as well. So recently I was, um, it's so funny. I, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but I, I have an iPhone. And so yeah. I sometimes will say, Siri, play all music or whatever. And, you know, um, because I'm similar to you in the sense that I'm very spiritual and I look at signs and things like that. I always expect the universe to speak to me through music, depending on the songs that they put on. So sometimes I'm, I just, I'm not in that mindset. So I don't really, I just kind of go with whatever song comes on. But sometimes if I'm very intentional about paying attention, then um, it's amazing what, what comes because I mm. often forget music I download on my phone. So sometimes there's like random stuff that's up and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like for example, I was, uh, I did that yesterday and um, there was a David G song that was playing and it was talking all about Ayurveda and the doshas and the elements, you know, kind wow. of like previous, totally one of our previous bad. episodes. Yeah. And then he was talking about fire and how it's really important to have fire in your life and in your body because fire transmutes everything. If you don't have enough fire, then you're not processing your emotions properly and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of that song, I went, oh, I really need to look up and attract more herbs and things like that that will ignite more fire because I just feel like I need that and uh, and I'm also a cold person so I'm always drawn to that heat mm. the next song that came up was I'm on fire wow. from an artist that I hadn't I don't even really not that familiar with it was amazing I went wow. this is amazing anyway where I'm going with this is a song that came up after that was actually from Sunny Dawn Johnson and now she's a um angel worker and author and a psychic and I forgot that I had downloaded this entire album called Invoking the Archangels to Heal the um, Body, Mind, and Soul. And so I put a link to that in the show notes for our listener at home because what she does is she basically, if you're into the angels, if you're not, that's cool. Just <laughs> ignore this section for a second. Uh, but if you are, she basically does some exercises about how to invoke the different archangels into your life. She goes through all the different, um, a bunch of the different archangels like um, Jophiel, Gabrielle, um, Zekiel, Uriel, Ariel. Uh, I'm sorry, not that. Ariel, Raphael, Samuel, and Michael. And yeah. then she um, explains like the color and then she explains how to invoke them and then her own stories of working with them. And it's really powerful and amazing. And mm. I cried in one of the stories. It's so good. So I put a link to that in the show notes as well. But I guess, you know, if you are going through a loss, um, that it's important that you know that that you're never alone and that, you know, there is... I believe we have a spirit team that helps us and guides us along our way and uh, they can't intervene unless you ask them. So, mm. you know, if you're going through a tough time and you want some guidance or inspiration or anything like that, you can just even intend to say, Hey, can, 
can my spirit team please help me? Or can the angels please help me? And that's all you need to say. It's just even, you don't even need to say it out loud. You just say it yeah. in your head. Put out the request. Yeah. And you need Absolutely. to put it out there. So, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, Lauren. I love the um, love the angels. I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, just incredible and good with kids. Really good with uh, children who've had a loss and that sort of thing as well. It's um quite beautiful actually. That just made me think of, and I'll just mention this quickly before I mention that um, the party element. But uh, I did a reading a while ago with a gentleman who had uh, well, it was his sister-in-law who I was doing the reading for, he had passed. So he'd actually taken his own life, which is very sad, but he had the three boys. And I, I think I might've mentioned him before in a previous episode, but he had the three boys and he quoted a Bible verse and he wasn't really into the Bible or anything like that, but he quoted a Bible verse and he just gave me the chapter and verse and you know, the book. So I, I looked it up and I, I sent the verse to her and it was a, a letter from a father to their son. And it was about, it was as though the father must have passed or was dying and he'd written the letter before he died. And these were all the lessons. You must treat your wife with respect. You must do all of these things, you know, work and money, da, 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 da. And it was the father's letter to his son. And um, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying that. So I feel like it's that loss and found. It's like some of us find our faith, you know, some of us have to go through that process. And maybe that was his journey you know to find his faith because she said wow he never really talked about the bible or anything when he was alive he wasn't like religious or anything but this this verse meant so much because he left these boys behind you know and they're sitting there without a dad so if you can leave that with them and this is like their life lesson it's like all the things i didn't get to tell them before i passed they now have that they now have that that lesson written down Um, And maybe that helps them find their faith as well that their dad did, you know, after he passed. So just wanted to mention that because I thought that was um, pretty amazing. That changed certainly my life, you know, doing that reading. But Lauren, uh, the party element uh, to lift the vibration a little bit, uh, it's all being very serious (laughs) today, um, is brought to you by? It's brought to you by the task reduction system. Now, I think that one thing that we've discussed in the show today is that um, we're going to die someday. And so I know you wanted me to uplift there, but that's real. That is real. And so if we are spending too much time saying yes to things we don't want to do, if we're spending too much time on tasks that we don't want to do, if we don't know how to prioritize, if we don't know how how to delegate and how to eliminate, and we're spending all our hours working, we're missing the football games. We're missing the birthday parties. We're missing those moments at the beach to eat fish burgers with our our partners we're missing those opportunities to get kicked out of german um you know german carnival yeah dance festivals whatever it's called you know we're missing life and life is meant to be lived and i created the task reduction system because i wanted to create a system where people could learn automatically to identify tasks as they come in, if they're for them, what order of prioritizing and get them done so that they can reclaim their life. And so if that's something that you're interested in, you know, check out my website, rawrawconsulting.com. All the details are there or send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. You can find me at rawrawconsulting and ask me, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Is this course for me? I'll tell you. If it's not for you, I don't want your money. If it is for you, then yes, invest in it. It's not that expensive. You get access to it for an entire year and it will change the entire trajectory and course of your life. So yes, that's who's bringing us this episode. Um, So the party element 
is basically shake things up. So I often find that when there's a loss, we sometimes keep doing things exactly as we were. We, mm -hmm. um, you know, we keep the same kind of routine or the house is the same and, you know, everything stays as it is. We have to shake things up. We have to pivot. We have to grow. You know, these are things that inevitably happen if you're ready to, you know, embrace the loss, accept it as if you'd chosen it and then get ready to learn the lessons and move forward mm. um, with grace, you know? And so you are completely capable of doing that. And sometimes doing those little shifts in your day or in your life really add up to big picture shifts. So for example, we actually, when I say we, I mean, Gav did it <laughs> while I was sleeping, but reorganize the really entire and all, but yes no I wasn't but I wasn't I was involved with the initial conversation I knew that was going to come um but he reorganized the entire house he moved everything around in a new place he put my piano in a place where he thought that I might play it more as opposed to just being kind of shoved against a wall um he moved everything up and he's just he's created a little yoga uh, yoga area for me so that i can do yoga in front of these two beautiful french doors wow. which i wasn't before I was doing them in another area so it's just to say that you know i thought that our house was set up perfectly and that there weren't a lot of options for it but he found an option and he changed it all around and it's changed the flow of energy in our home and all that kind of stuff and it's just awesome and michelle i noticed as well on facebook that you have actually been changing a bit of your look on instagram the last two posts that you did look they complement each other and they're more on brand with the way that i see your brand so i don't know if that's intentional but keep on going in that direction don't go back. Keep on going in that direction. It is such a positive change for you. It elevates you. It makes you look more um, refined, put together. It's just an awesome shift. I'm mm -hmm. loving seeing that. And um, yeah, so it's like change things up in your life. Take a different route to work. Put on a song that you don't normally listen to. You know, drive in silence for a while. Talk out loud to yourself or just drive in silence and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, drive with the windows down instead of the windows up. Like, Try a new food. Up. Yeah. You know, do anything. Change something up. This fabulous book I read, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's called Bring Out the Magic in Your Mind. It's an old book. It's amazing. It's amazing. All these different chapters focus on different things. Like there's a whole chapter on mindset. There's a whole chapter on flowers. There's a whole chapter on numerology. There's a whole chapter on changing things up. There's a whole wow. chapter on time. It's amazing. It's such a good book. It's written by a magician. It's it's really fabulous. But one of the things that he says is to bring out magic in your mind is to create change and not do the same things all the time. And, you know, we are creatures of habit. I'm a big creature of habit, tend to eat a lot of the same foods, for example, but it's critical that we, you know, try new things and that we do change things up because that's when inspiration comes in. That's, that's when weird. opportunities present themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. I did just on that find a really nice quote. And this was a little around, I think it was weight loss for Oprah at the time, but Oprah love. Um, and I was actually listening to her in the car because I had to drive to the Gold Coast and back yesterday. So I had Super Soul Sunday on. But I found this beautiful quote and it was, there is no easy way out. Believe me, if there were, I would have bought it. And it would be one of my favorite things. And I really like that. It was... I believe I it was that. about weight loss. Yeah. But I think it kind of felt like it applied to whatever, you know, whatever you sort of wanted it to apply to. There's no easy way out. We have to go through the process. You know, there are several steps to grief. You know, when you're going through grief, there's 
several steps to come into terms with a lot of different things, even if it's not at that level, it, it, there's a process, you know, and as I said before, you know, when you're going up Mount Everest, it's about the journey. It's about the moments when you fell and you got up. It's like in yoga, you know, when you're doing yoga, they say, if you fall, just get right back up, get straight back up. That's what they always tell you to do. You know, otherwise if you sit on the floor and you're crying, I mean, that's good as well, but you don't want to storm out of the room. Let's just say that if you're doing yoga, you want to get back up, keep trying, keep doing it, keep persisting because that translates into real life. That's when you get into the workplace and something doesn't go your way. You don't just throw yourself on the floor and kick your arms and legs around. You keep, you keep going, you breathe. Breathing is really important. And I feel like that's what I tell a lot of people. And I've been doing a lot of that myself is to actually just really breathe through the process and return to the breath, slow the breath, focus on the absence of breath. You talked about silence before. I like to tell people to slow their breath, you know, take a big breath in, pause at the top, focus on the absence of breath, release your breath, pause. So it's about the pauses. It's about paying attention to those moments, creating space, because the biggest problems occur when we just do, 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 do. And then we're just doing all the time. And there's no like downtime and people come to me all the time and they're like, I don't have any clarity. I'm lost. I've got no idea what I'm doing. We've just lost touch with ourselves. And that's why Eckhart Tolle, I love what you said with him, thoughts want things to be different from what they are and accept it as though you've chosen it. I think that's really powerful. You know, we choose to make time, you know, that's, that's respect to us or we don't, you know, that's our two options. We do or we don't. We say yes or no. And that's it. And Sorry. that's why I watch my language around that. I never go, mm. oh, I don't have time. Yeah. And if I do do that, I go, oh, damn, I, I didn't mean to say it like that. Yeah. I meant to say I haven't it, made time. I didn't make time yet. Yeah. I choose to do that. I didn't exactly. prioritize that. Yeah. So I guess, you know, this has been quite a heavy episode. And I, I felt like for next episode, Lauren, and I've got another idea coming up and I'll talk about that off air. But um, for the next episode, I thought maybe we could do something around like affirmations in business and, and we'll sort of, nut that out brainstorm that a little bit more but I feel like it'd be good to do something that's high vibrational you know to really carry us through lift the emotions you know the vibrations and all of those sorts of things and um yeah so I'm quite excited about that but um yeah we'll have a bit of a discussion about what that looks like but I think it might be good to do one you know where we're laughing uh and really inspiring yeah inspiring people yeah so that has been the business in the front party in the back podcast and if you loved it please tell at least one person i know we say that all the time we're like please share it please share it but i mean please share it and if you don't want to you know get on the bandwagon and share everyone on social that you found this amazing podcast that's cool but can you at least tell one person please or yep. leave us a review, please. Yes. Um, because we do we do know what we're talking about. We're lived experience. Obviously, everything that we say, you do need to listen to it through your own filter and take what's truthful for you. Um, but we're not going anywhere. And um, we definitely want to ensure that that's the case. And we need your support. So if you uh, didn't like the episode, though, Michelle, what should they do? Uh, maybe let's listen to another episode. I know you've used that before, but I, I quite like that. Maybe listen to another one. Give it another go. Give it another yeah. go. We've got plenty of yeah. uh, fabulous episodes and we are on all the socials. So if there is something that we're not talking about that you would like to hear, then uh, we're just two gals doing our best, then uh, make a suggestion. We're more than happy to have a listen to that and uh, follow through. Exactly. Perfect. Great show. Catch you next week.
días.